to the show of Five Star Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Michael. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. Welcome to another episode of Five Stripe Weekly. And Atlanta United defeated CF Montreal on Saturday 4-1 at the Benz and got into the playoffs. It was a win-and-get-in situation, so we were in control of our destiny. Uh, definitely feels great to be back in the playoffs, but we'll get into that match review in depth in a second. We want to give some big shout-outs to our new Patreon uh, fam uh, in Gavin Marshall, Jordan Beck, Nal Faruqi, Andrew Rowicki, Ariel Acosta, and Chris James. Uh, definitely a big shout-out to you guys. And also, as well, uh, we are on our way to 10,000 subs. So definitely join us if you are new around here and get in, smash that subscribe button and that like button as well. But uh, yeah, let's, so let's get into ring it. Ring the bell. The, ring that bell as well. Indeed, indeed. But... Uh, yeah, so LA United, we're back in the playoffs. Uh, it's been uh, a little bit of a, you know, kind of a journey this season, as well as we missed it last year. It was not fantastic to do that, but uh, yeah, it is uh, a win and get in situation, like I said. And we did the business. I mean, four one. Uh, lots of entertainment in this one. The only mark is, of course, without that clean sheet. But uh, I think, you know, you'll take probably this scoreline most days because we have not exactly been the most defensively sound in every single match. And, uh, yeah, you'll take four goals, I think, most nights. So, uh, but, yeah, uh, we started off the blocks really, really well. We... Uh, exerted a lot of control, uh, and this first goal, it was, yeah, beautiful. A beautiful team goal where, yeah, you had uh, Caleb Wiley. Uh, he was able to win a ball uh, pretty high. He was able to give it off to Josetu, who gave it off to Almada, uh, who gave it off to Yakomakis, and then he found Saba, and Saba was able to find Shonda Silva uh, streaking into the box. Uh, the goal was a little bit deflected a little bit, but it was, I mean, the, the fact that it touched that many feet along the way. I mean, it's Perfect. an incredible goal. Exactly. And uh, a second goal for Shonda Silva in his uh, very nascent LA United career. But, yeah. The, uh, the celebrations in this one were a bit fun, too, especially his, uh, Silva's little, uh, I don't know what to call it, but like a skip to my loo a little bit. It was it was dope. I uh, I want to recreate it on the dance floor at MJQ or something. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those, uh, you know, like two people will get it on that dance floor, but, you know, uh, whichever. But uh, I'm going real deep cut, too, with uh, MJQ. If you... If you live in Atlanta, Georgia, you probably should know. Uh, although some people haven't been there, so you know it's all good. But anyway, uh, yeah. And then we, uh, you know, it's a span of three minutes. We score the second one. It's another team goal, and yeah, you know, this time Almada is on the end of that one. But 
yeah, in terms of that one, I mean, yeah, Shauna Silva does some work on this one as well. I mean, yeah, getting over to the uh, the right side and really confusing, I think, a lot of the uh, the defense for CF Montreal and also terrorizing George Campbell where, yeah, he didn't have the best match in this one. Uh, Poor George. Former homegrown. Yeah. Not... Uh, not a fantastic game. He was taken off at the half. Who knows if it was for injury, uh, but we don't know. But, uh, yeah, Almada, he gets on the end of this one, and it's pretty much a tap-in. But, I mean, it's just well worked. But, um, you know what? Something that I forgot to ask you is, you know, your thoughts on this match on a whole before I got onto the goals. That, that was how rude of me. Yeah, so this game... It was a masterclass. We saw touches, assists, goals from the whole team. This is not hero ball anymore. This is Land United, you know, circa 2018 looking, where everyone gets in on the play and makes it happen. You know, it's like it doesn't matter who's on the end of the ball if they're, you know, who's, who's going to get the last touch. Um, there will be someone there to do it. Doesn't have to be the striker. Doesn't have to be a winger. Doesn't have to be a midfielder. It can be any of them. That's the beauty of it. It's the as we talk about sometimes the total football of it all. And so you see people in the buildup like Yakamakis, where he's typically the spear point. You see people scoring who typically run down the uh, the sides, like Lennon, like Mosquera. It's it's incredible. This dynamic team that can hurt you in so many different ways you never know you know where the knife is coming from and it's it's exciting because that gives you an air of mystery of the game as well i mean for so long we've had a very formulaic way to play because we really haven't had the pieces to play any other way and it was a lot of lobbing balls in very repeatedly very predictably now this team I, even as someone who watches literally every game there was a profile of basically all the players still can't predict what's going to happen. It's incredible, and it's a delight to see. And you know what? We're back. We're back in the playoffs, and there's only two things you can do about it, and that's nothing and deal with it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The the bravado coming out from Michael. And, uh, yeah, it is that. Like, the... Uh, I mean, we're, we're just having fun. We are having fun out there. And you can see it uh, as well. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it in depth, but we're hunting in packs. You know, we're, uh, you know, we're showing a lot of energy. And, you know, the, uh, the bench players coming on as well, they're making a really nice impact as well to make sure that we finish and kill off games and put teams to the sword. That's huge. That's really, really uh, something that we haven't been doing. It's kind of led to maybe reasons why, uh, even kind of semi-recently, where we gave up leads. And yeah, you know, like this is a pretty decent CF Montreal side, albeit, yes, uh, you know, they're uh, hanging on. Like, they're just clasping to that last playoff spot. But it is 
yeah, we uh, we made short work of them to a degree. I mean, yes, it uh, it did become two one, uh, and at the half, uh, I never really felt like we were in danger of giving up that lead though, and that yeah, I I don't I don't know when the last time I could have said that, like, you know, it's uh maybe well probably against Inter Miami, but. Uh, even then, we had to come back, and so it was, you know, a little bit different in a scenario as well. But yeah, I mean, this uh, there was a good level of control in this match, and we just kept bringing on weapons and weapons, and uh, yeah, made for a very entertaining Saturday nights for sure. Uh, but yeah, in that third goal, Yakumakis and. Um, yeah, and Shonda Silva, they were able to harry uh, a CF Montreal defender. Yeah, pretty much anybody who was playing on that uh, that right side for CF Montreal had a nightmare. It was not uh, not not a night that you would brandish into uh, you know your highlights. I would say if you were a, a defender on that side, and uh, yeah, you know we were able to uh, kind of beat the uh the var as well uh because yeah that chip from yakumakis who uh after shonda silva won it wow i mean from about 20 yards out it is just on the money keeper couldn't do anything about it it's uh he yakumakis has every finish in his toolbox like it is just incredible like he was trying Just, to score with every yeah. part of his boot this game. It was crazy yeah. seeing all the acrobatics. Right. There was one chance that he tried to do with the outside of his right uh, right foot. Yep. That one went over the bar a little bit, but it wasn't that far away. I mean, yeah, there was just like... Yakumaki's, He's like, we've just seen give him me a score piece. With... Give me a piece of it and I might yeah. score. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like he only needs... Like half a chance, and I would say this is a half chance for sure. But he made the most of it, and yeah, it's three one. Uh, we're looking like we're in dreamland, but it gets better. It gets better. Uh, yeah, I mean it's like I, I would not have like if you would have asked me uh, going into the season because obviously as well, Edwin Mascara he was on loan, but that when he came back, he would score a couple of goals, I would not have put money on it. Yeah, 100%. I, yeah, anybody who has, and if you did, you're Nostradamus, because holy crap, you need to be betting on way greater things than LA <laughs> United goals, probably. But yeah, the Mosquera goal, I mean, man, the way it starts with Tyler Wolf, uh, with his cross-field ball that, I mean, this diagonal is well struck. And he's able to find Mascara. He's then able to find... Uh, Mascara is able to find Tiago Almada. And uh, Almada is able to pretty much drop it off for Edwin Mascara to uh, hit it. Where, yes, it does get a little bit of a deflection. But, I mean, it's on goal. It's our fourth. We put this game away. We're in dreamland. Uh, I mean, you know, it's... a uh, well, how are you feeling like uh, in that second half? Like, did we just exert complete control? 
Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I kind of mirror what you were saying earlier. It never felt like at any part of this game that we weren't going to continue to keep scoring. It never felt like we took our feet off of the gas. Um, and it, it, you know, it felt like control is one way of putting it, but it felt like we just had the confidence. We had the um, just... I don't know what to call it, but it was just this like unimpeding energy that they just, there was just, it was never a doubt in my mind that like, okay, it's just going to keep hammering down this door and we're just going to keep scoring. Uh, you can score as many as you want, man. It's not going to matter. We're just going to blow you down with a whole bunch of goals. And you know what? That's like kind of circa 2017, 2018 Atlanta United. It's kind of Atlanta United what everyone wanted back. They didn't really want the like 1-0, 2-0 wins. They wanted the uh, the kind of fireworks games where we blow teams down. And so we're back at that again. And it's exciting. It's exciting soccer. I mean, you know, as long as you're in that position, like I said, where you're like, we're fine. We're going to hang 3-4 on them. And in MLS, you hang four on a team, very, very, very rarely is another team going to be able to match that. Like four... Maybe like in the past we had one, two goal games. Another team, all they had to do is score one goal. And they were able to hang with us basically the whole game. This, you can't hang with Lane United anymore with just like one or two goals in it. It's not, it's a whole different ball game. Like you need to come in here, you need to your offense needs to be on fire in order to score three, four goals to keep up with the output. Nine goals in two games? Like, come on, what it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, uh, the stats say so as well. Uh, there's a plethora of stats in here that are pretty impressive. I mean, we had 17 shots to their 11, eight shots on targets. Uh, we had an XG of two to their 0.7. Uh, yeah, we thoroughly dominated them in possession in 64% to 36 and uh, yeah, our passing was quite, quite good as well at 89.5. But uh, as Sean Silva said after the match as well, he said, what made us win tonight was the togetherness. Uh, he noted his good relationship with Saba as well and simply said he's just doing his job. Uh, that's according to Tyler Pilgrim. So definitely great stuff. Uh, as Michael's video is glitching, uh, don't mind that. But uh, there we go. Hey, he's back. There we go. Anyway, but uh, yeah, as well, Sabalapsenitse, he became just the third player in MLS history to record at least three goals and three assists in his first 250 career MLS minutes. And that's uh, he joins Federico Iguain in uh, Columbus in 2012 and Diego Rossi of LAFC in 2018 who now, of course, is with Columbus Crew as well. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, definitely very, very elite company there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that bodes well, I would say. I mean, Federico Higuain, a very elite player in this league. So that's something very much to look forward to. Um, as well, uh, Thiago Mata, he got his 10th goal of the season and his 14th assist at least uh kind of straight assists uh not a hockey or pre-assist right. if you will so 
he still leads the league, and that's, uh, yeah, I mean, 10 and 14. He uh, also joins, uh, I believe he is the fourth player. This is going off memory on this one. Uh, the fourth player in our history to have gotten to double-digit goals and assists in a season. So, uh, yeah, I and mean, we still have some games left. So, yeah, he can really kind of uh, add to that tally. And speaking of that as well, Yorgos Yakomakis, he is tied for the Golden Boot at 15. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Hani Mukhtar, Lucho Acosta, yeah, it's going to be some, uh, yeah, there's a lot of games left uh, in a sense uh, for every one of those people on that list to be able to, uh, yeah, continue to, to add to that tally. But, uh, yeah, what, what do you think the likelihood is for Yorgos Yakomakis to win the Golden Boot? I think it's one-third. There's two other people in the running right now, I think. Like essentially, there's one more. I think one goal behind them, but uh, like Cucho, I think was like one below them or two below them. I don't remember. Um, but there's three running. With, what is it? Acosta, Mukhtar, and Yorgos. Um, mm -hmm. Like I think, uh, I think, I think we'll probably see um, a below twenty golden boot, which is kind of interesting. It's like a low scoring year. Um, so take that, you know, you know, whatever you think that means. I'm not quite sure, because um, you know historically MLS defenses aren't so great. So what's with the low scoring? So we'll see. But Yako really came in here, and if he actually had like all the time that he, you know, potentially could have, but because of his injury, he did not. Uh, this guy would have probably blown the doors off of this Golden Boot competition this year. And you know what? I bet. Like some of those guys, Lucho Acosta, uh, Mukhtar, Cucho, and, you know, they're looking over their shoulder and they're like, I hear those footsteps because that's Yorgos right behind them. And guess what? Next season, if he keeps his pace up, which likely he will, they, they know, everyone knows that he's going to kill them in terms of goal scoring rate. And he's going to be the favorite if he doesn't win it this year. The love you have for Yakumakis is palpable, man, and uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's uh, yeah, you don't uh, you don't ever hesitate to uh, to talk up Yorgos Yakumakis. So um, I know, you know, anytime I go to you about uh, Yakumakis, it's gonna happen. So uh, and he's doing it with, uh, you know, I think the with good reason. I mean, it's it's that too. It's uh, he's deserving these plaudits because yeah, he's definitely. At least making us uh, remember less of the former number seven that used to wear that uh, that same number. But uh, as well, to cap this off in terms of some of the uh, really great stats, according to uh, Johannes Schneider of LA United's uh, media team, uh, he said that the team had seven assists in one game. It's a franchise record. Of course, that's uh, with pre-assists and assists as well. Um, and, uh, well, that was last weekend. But this weekend, there were three players that had one goal and one assist in the same game. That's second time in franchise history. So, I mean, yeah, it's just we're, we're really playing like a team. And it is incredible. I mean. With such I, little time to build chemistry, too. It's amazing. Right. Right, exactly. Like, these players, uh, the the very fact that 
Saba and Silva have not started a game together until this one. And yeah, we look that that good together. I mean, yeah. You know, I think it's something where we pretty much, I think, we want to see Shonda Silva, uh, you know, kind of make his move permanent here. And, uh, you know, instead of uh, keeping him on loan, I think we should, uh, yeah, you know, kind of let him stay here for, for some time. But, uh, of course, Shonda is putting out DP level performances every game. And yes. that's incredible yes. to me. And the fact that we, yeah. this could be like another Darlington Nagby type scenario where, you know, we had a DP in Darlington Nagby, not on a DP mm-hmm. contract for multiple years. And that helped us just be a juggernaut. And I think we're going to, we have a similar thing going on with Zonde and I'm really excited for it. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, this uh, hopefully is a sign of things to come. And man, are we here for that? Because we, if I, I, I say this like uh, not lightly, like Atlanta United fans deserve this a hundred percent because it's just one of those things we have stuck by this team in some really, really dark times. <laughs> and uh, and before you know, anyone now like attacks AJ for saying anything like yeah. that, it's like oh, because you know I hear in the back of my mind. The old Frank DeBoer words, you guys are spoiled. But you know what? We deserve a team that at least can compete year in and year out. You know, for like playoff spots. Um, You know, spoiled would be saying like something, we deserve to win every year. I don't think we're at that level. And I think we can, we are more, it's more than reasonable to be happy to say that a fan base such as ours deserves to have a team that is able to compete every year, and we now have that once again. Exactly. And as well on an entertainment level like this. I mean, I think that's that's really what I think a lot of the fans are clamoring for is uh, winning with style. Um, you know, is it having to win every single trophy? I mean, it'd be fantastic, but I don't think that's, you know, really ever was most of the fans' ethos. They just... I think a lot of the fans fell in love with the style of play, the swashbuckling style, the, you know, put your foot on the gas and really just see how fast you can go. That type of uh, football is sorely missed. And I, I think you can see it. You can feel it. There is this palpable sense of, are we back? Are the fans back that were casuals? I think it's coming around. So, anyway, uh, let's wrap a bow on this match. Uh, you have a final thought on this? Um, let's see. Like I said, it everything bodes well. Everything's pointing in the right direction. And just thinking of like next season with the the, the potential of Saba being bought down, so he's not a DP anymore. Opens up another slot for a DP. Perhaps the roster restrictions. Uh, taper away a bit. We get another DP slot, perhaps. Like, I, I'm shuddered to think that this team could get that much better. But those af- allowances could make the team that much better. And at that point, it's like that's a top, you know, two, three team in the league. Um, I think right now we could argue for top four in the East. Um, and hopefully, you know, 
if the team continues building chemistry, keeps stringing along consistent results, home and away, um, this team is really, really something. And I'm um, like, you know, I keep saying like, oh, next season is going to be exciting. This season, I couldn't have anticipated it being as exciting as it is. Yeah. Uh, from where we started and where we are right now, yeah, the excitement is definitely uh, on a different level. And yeah, may it continue. I mean, we, uh, yeah, the, the playoffs, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just, it, this shows you how forgiving the league is to a lot of degrees where you can spot her for most of the season. And if you hang around the playoff spots and make a, a big push at the end, good things can happen so but um yeah let's uh wrap a bow on the match review let's get into the news and shonda silva and tiago almada they make the mls team of the match day well deserved uh they both have a goal and an assist uh in this match so yeah definitely uh that makes total sense uh let's get into the mls standings and yeah you know we're creeping up there we're now in fifth, uh, yeah, just underneath Columbus for that home playoff spot. So uh, yeah, we you know we're hoping for every bit of uh, goodwill and you know making sure that uh, Julian Gressel doesn't will them into a home playoff spot there. But uh, yeah, as well, Philly they're in third, Orlando City in second. That's really the the thing that's most annoying about this. Uh, you know this Eastern Conference right now is seeing where Orlando City is, but uh, you know hopefully some complacency maybe will set in or something, and uh, you know they can uh, yeah even if they finish above us that uh, you know things will go as they should when uh, when it comes to Orlando City, but uh, but anyway yeah and FC Cincy of course uh, they're. They're pretty much outright uh, supporter shield winners already, and uh, you know we'll definitely see about uh, you know how well they're going to do in the playoffs. But uh, at least for us in the playoffs, we if the playoffs started today, Atlanta would be playing Philadelphia away. So yeah, we really need to get that uh, that playoff spot because that that's a tough place to play. Especially against that diamond, especially in the playoffs, especially against Jose Martinez, like uh, yeah, he can he can mark your best player out of the game. But they also have they have not faced us in this iteration, although they will face us uh, very soon as we have our next game coming up against them. So uh, yeah, we'll have that preview for you in the next episode. But yeah tough team to have to play as of today so hopefully we can do some business we do but have a history of knocking them out of the playoffs though so <laughs> we do we do so uh yeah it is something that's uh, hopefully can repeat itself but uh yes Pineda he did have some thoughts on that uh, in terms of uh postseason birth uh, he did say, quote, it's very meaningful, of course, 31 games and we got it, especially after last year. We didn't achieve that for me for Atlanta. Playoffs should be the minimum requirement of the season. We barely have started to see what we can do. So many things to come and this is a good goal. 
but there are many more to come. Uh, Guzan also added in the locker room that uh, now we've got to try and finish as high as we can. We know that home field advantage is huge for us, so we want to try to finish in those top spots to be able to have that advantage. So, yeah, very much so. Uh, they're on the same page. That's This is just the beginning. We, uh, we need to achieve more to uh, put us in a better spot because, yes, while we have looked better on the road, it's still very tough. And in the playoffs, it's a completely different scenario. Uh, you can't always pull off that uh, New York Red Bulls results uh, away. So, you know, that's, uh, that's difficult. But, um, yeah, moving on from that, Garth Lagerway, he spoke with The Athletic about Tiago Almada and uh, a possible move, whether in the winter, uh, at any point. Uh, but basically he said, quote, I can't control what other teams offer us, but I do think he's deserving of a record, or do I think he's deserving of a record transfer? I do. I think there's objective numbers to support that. Uh, and asked if they're seeking a large fee uh, or if they're in a rush to see Almada leave. Uh, he also said he can stay as long as he wants. We didn't sign a full DP on purpose this summer. So really telling there. Uh, and uh, Boca Negra, he also mentioned that uh, Almada, he's happy here uh, when it, the time comes and a Champions League, uh, Champions League club comes in for him and he's ready to go. We'll work with him. That's always his goal to play at a Champions League club. And he's got that ability. We're happy to have him as long as he wants to stay. But we understand at some point there will be that time. So, I mean, it's not maybe something that uh, we don't already know to a degree, but uh, the fact that they didn't sign a full DP on purpose this summer, uh, very, very interesting. Like, what, what are your thoughts hearing them say this? Yeah, I, I'm not full. I, um, there was there was like ideas, theories that, you know, perhaps the reason they held off on another DP um, was because like we might be getting a different, there might be a coaching change or something, you know, maybe the new coach would have more of a say um, in the next DP uh, when they would come in. But I'm starting to think that's not the case. I, I think Gonzalo's job is probably pretty safe at this point. Um, so maybe it could have been another reason. It could have been maybe the markets in Europe and other places they traditionally like to look, Garth Lager likes to look. Um, they there wasn't that much going on. They didn't have, cause like they, they said they wanted to get guys who fit their profile and they didn't want to, you know, stretch it. Um, and like, you know, uh, shoot their shot too early and then get someone who didn't fully fit. So like, I get that they were, are reserved and they're being careful and they're doing the due diligence. That's good. Um, so maybe the last market wasn't great. Um, uh, maybe this next one will be, and they'll have the time. They'll have the energy, the money, everything to really line up the exact profile, the exact guy they want to bring in. And uh, hopefully they're just available and uh, they're interested in coming. And I, I would be surprised if like a top tier player was looking at what Atlanta United can do right now and went, yeah, that's not for me. <laughs> I feel like that would be like, oh, it looks like fun over there. They look like they're having a great time for an amazing uh, stadium, amazing fan base. They're having a great time. They look like they're, you know, a team that can compete. Let's go. Let's do it. That sounds like a fun project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, 
I fully agree. That's uh, that's definitely something that uh, won't deter probably uh, most players if they're looking to play in this league. Uh, albeit, though, uh, our next story <laughs> uh, with Josh Cohen, a goalkeeper uh, that is American. There is a representative for him that uh, apparently alleged that Atlanta United violated MLS rules while attempting to sign the player and uh, complained to the league that, uh, yeah, basically the Athletic said that uh, this wasn't the case, uh, at least according to the representative. And, um, yeah, MLS spokesperson uh, told the Athletic that no rule was violated. But, uh, yeah, it is uh, in that sense that this goalkeeper, uh, yeah, I mean, he has played in uh, some other... Uh, kind of uh, leagues that make him a, a pretty pretty attractive uh, player that could have been somebody to replace Brad Guzan. Uh, he did make six appearances in the Champions League group stage last year with Maccabi Haifa, uh, and he was included in the U.S. national team camp in June. And, uh, yeah, he did win three league titles with Haifa, and was named the football, uh, the footballer of the year, uh, following the 2020, uh, 2021 season in Israel. So, uh, it is something that's, uh, yeah, you know, the fact that he was on the discovery list, I think it speaks volumes that, uh, you know, it's someone that we were looking for, we're looking to replace, uh, Brad Guzan's, uh, you know, uh, just really crazy production that he's, uh, been able to do for pretty much, uh, most of the seven years that we've been a club. So, um, oh, my audio went out. Hello, hello. There we go. Are we back? Hello. Hello, hello. hello. I can hear you. My, uh, my microphone went out. Check, 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 check. Okay, it's back. Um, okay. Anyway. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, picking up from there, I'm just going to give a little wave here. So I can remind myself. Um, but yeah, so essentially, LA United had discovery rights on this goalkeeper. But uh, yeah, it basically prevents any other club from signing him. And uh, yeah, apparently there was maybe a poor attempt at signing him. And maybe we tried to stash him on LA United too. But uh, yeah, that apparently didn't happen either. Uh, and so, yeah, it did apparently prevent Cohen from negotiating with other MLS clubs, uh, despite not being under contract with any team. Uh, but yeah, very interesting. Uh, I mean, how do you read this situation? I mean, it's like, do you feel like it's, uh, maybe just some saltiness from, uh, representatives of Josh Cohen, or do you feel like, uh, you know, maybe there is a case. Um, I'm sure there's a case, but it's a case based on probably confusion on their part because MLS is kind of a beast when it comes to their rules and regulations. We're a very unique league in a lot of respects. And because of that, uh, especially when you have uh, agents and other people around the world who haven't really took the time to understand MLS, can easily become confused about how we do things here. Um, and so what I 
suspect is that uh, this was born out of just a confusion that the agent or uh, uh, agency had in regards to how the discovery rights work in MLS um, and how perhaps like you were saying stashing him in LA 92 you know this if you don't know how things work here this can sound iffy can sound weird um, so you know it's it's definitely not rolling out the red carpet per se and if you're you know a player of big ego that might be something you're looking for um and you know this guy's got champion league experience he, he can definitely tout that i mean that's nothing to you know stick your nose up at um but you know it could also just be a lot of smoke without fire um the asian just could be doing a lot of hullabaloo just to you know get gain interest on this player get eyes on the player uh drum up interest uh get other teams to you know uh you know come call and things like that so i don't know i don't know i i can't say for certain whether or not josh is like he's the one pulling all these strings and going like you know what now i feel bitter about Atlanta united i'm not gonna play with them ever kind of i we don't know that it could just be agents doing a lot of blustering and you know making a molehill out of you know a mountain out of a molehill so I guess we'll, it remains to be seen how it how it goes. It would have been an interesting pickup for us. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's we probably won't think too much more about it if we don't sign the guy uh, yeah. in probably a couple months. So, right, and it, as well though, uh, the complaint apparently as well, uh, and that th- this is my my bad for not uh, reading it for you as well, but it is that's. They requested MLS remove Cohen from Atlanta's discovery list, and uh, they also stated that they will not negotiate with Atlanta in the future. But uh, LA United, they also provided the following statement that we're aware of the complaint, but per club policy, we won't comment on contract negotiations nor an ongoing complaint. So uh, yeah, Cohen, he can sign abroad right now, but uh, yeah, in MLS, he will have to wait until the winter ahead of the 2024 season to uh, actually sign for an MLS club if he wants to do that. So, uh, yep, definitely very interesting stuff in that yeah, regard. These discovery but, rights, man, first was Diego Rossi controversy and now this. It's getting in the news, especially for Land United. Right. And so, uh, you know, if, uh, if there is actually some stuff, I mean, MLS doesn't think so. So, okay, that, that's good enough for me, I think. Uh, but yep, uh, moving on from that, uh, congrats to Franco Escobar. Uh, yeah, I mean, everywhere he goes, he is winning and, uh, yeah, he just won the U S open cup with Houston dynamo. He of course won the MLS cup again with LAFC last year. I mean, you know, it's, uh, he's a guy that, yes, frustrated a lot of fans with his perpetual yellow card infringements, but the man, you can't argue with the results. Like, he has won everywhere he's gone. So, congrats to playoff Escobar. Uh, but as well, uh, getting to our last bit of news, uh, speaking of playoffs in an unfortunate way. Atlanta United 2, they earned a shootout victory over Inter-Miami CF2 Sunday night uh, after the match ended in a 3-3 draw. Noah Cobb, Nick Firmino, and Kofi Tuamasi all scored 
but unfortunately they are out of the playoffs. Uh, they uh, do not make the playoffs this season, and uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely unfortunate, but there were some really great seasons from certain players and none other, especially than Nick Firmino, which, uh, yeah, the Brazilian, he had a banner year. And, uh, yeah, he's also up for the goal of the year in uh, the MLS Next Pro League. I mean, just, yeah, he's he had a hell of a season. And uh, I think, yeah, I foresee, hopefully, maybe he can become a part of the first team officially. But can we keep him? That really is the question. No idea. But, um, yep, that is the news. And let's get into the mailbag. And you guys sent in these questions via IG story. Please continue to do so, and we might answer one of your questions in the future. But first question comes from Gavin is the real one. Where do you think we finish in the Eastern Conference standings? Michael. Ah. Uh. I want to say fourth. <laughs> I really would love to say fourth, yeah. um, but it, it it's looking like a pretty uphill battle. So I'm gonna hope for fifth. Um, hopefully we can get that. Uh, I really do think some of these teams are falling out of favor in the the top echelon of the Eastern Conference, and we can take advantage of that. Um, it's unfortunate the case with some of them, specifically New England being targeted, but um, you know. It is what it is. We'll hopefully be able to take advantage of it, make the most of it, um, and we'll see what happens. Come uh, next Wednesday against Philadelphia, mm-hmm. we'll see if we can knock them off their high horse mm-hmm. and take that spot. So it's it's there. It's for the taking. There's a lot of six point games coming our way mm-hmm. towards the end stretch of the uh, the regular season. So it's going to be really exciting to watch. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, as of currently, uh, we're at 49 points. Philadelphia is at 50 points. Uh, yes, they do have a game in hand. New England also has a couple games in hand, as well as Nashville. Uh, now, Nashville, they have to do some proper uh, catching up, but New England are at the same points level that we have. So, yeah, we need some things to go our way as well. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Fifth would be probably the realistic shout but fourth of course is where we want it's in to our be hands for fourth least. i think honestly it's it's in our hands if we if we can dispatch philadelphia away that that is gonna clinch it for me i think i don't think they're coming back from that i don't think i don't think anyone's coming back from that that's uh that would be a statement win if i've ever seen one yeah oh for sure for sure um okay next question uh comes from g money atl we win in the chip in the influences everything jerseys um i'm trying to decipher that question but yeah i think think that was the last last game where we were in the the 404s um last game Mm -hmm. um but i mean that'd be really cool if they brought it out for Mm -hmm. you know some other games in the future but yeah i think that was the last game so we'll probably end up winning mls cup in the red, black, and gold. So, mm, yeah. If so, I mean, you know, I think it's been. I think uh, for me, anyway, when bombs over Baghdad plays, when we score goals, I think 
yeah, it's just it's we need more of this. It, this is uh, it's way more exciting uh, than the uh, the previous song and. Um, is it Kencraft Army Nation or a Zombie Nation or whatever? Yeah, Zombie Nation, exactly. And uh, by the way, that's it's a very bizarre video as well. That uh, <laughs> if you've seen that video, it's it's that's strange. That's an older, that's an yeah. older one, yeah. Oh, for sure. And um, but yeah, Bombs Over Baghdad, the far superior song. Although it is, uh, yeah, the uh, the Zombie Nation song obviously is a very common stadium song, yeah. arena song. It's a but legendary sports song. Everyone it knows it. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, I think we we should keep this even though if we wear different kits throughout the season. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, next question. Let's see. Uh, the question comes from YoPro20YT. If we keep our consistency and keep our starting, our starting our strong 11 would we win the MLS Cup? Hmm. It's very possible. I think I, so far from what I've seen, this team has what it takes to beat any team in the MLS um, on the right day. Um, and that includes a messy Miami. Um, I don't know whether they will. It, you know, We still have to stress test this. We have to put you know the the team in the old pressure cooker and see how they do philadelphia will be a really good test on that regard um we've passed a couple really interesting tests so far seattle away we did well against dallas away um these are tough games to get results at um you know we dispatched montreal miami pretty easily in those games we've had some pretty big wins um we haven't really gone up against top competition yet. Mm-hmm. So when we do, that'll that'll tell you whether or not we can be a cup team. Um, in, mm-hmm. in like a, a reasonable, we're gonna we we could do it this year or something like that. Um, but I still think, like speculatively speaking, just looking without seeing the results of these you know games against top competition, I think it, you wouldn't be faulted for thinking we have a decent shot. Mm-hmm. And it's also this. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of your points. Uh, there is this aspect too, where the data on our strongest starting eleven, there's not going to be that much, and that's the beauty of it. Is like you know, this business end of the season, we're coming together, and we have players that have not played that much in this league. So yeah, you know, but they're clearly lighting it up a good bit. That's huge. That's on a level of, yeah, like the game preparation. Yes, okay, yeah, there's uh, there are some tendencies. There are some uh, things that, okay, the opposition can study to know what they're probably going to do. But, I mean, some of these players might have a, another bag of tricks, you know, in that toolbox. And, I mean, that's, that's something that could be really, really instrumental in the us being very unpredictable uh, for a lot of teams and how they can pre- prepare for us. And, yeah, that's going to be awesome, I think, if we yeah, can. I, I have no idea what, like, a team would do when they look at Atlanta United and say, like, mm-hmm. how do we predict this team? How do we play against this team right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 I couldn't – I don't know what would go in 
Tata Martino couldn't figure it out. He's a tactical mm-hmm. genius. He knows Land United and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I don't know what, I would love to hear it, actually. I would love to hear, like, what do you do against this Atlanta United? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? It kind of feels to me a bit like, you know, when Bruce Lee says, be like water. Mm-hmm. Like, Atlanta United takes the shape of whatever it needs to take mm-hmm. in order to hurt them, hurt their opponents. Um, if they if it needs, like I said in the beginning of the episode, if they need to go down this way, that way, ball over, ball through, sprint, sprint, build up, slow, over the top. It doesn't matter. We got it all and we can do it all. Mm-hmm. And we've been consistently hurting teams with all the entire wardrobe. So, mm-hmm. I mean, be like water. That's what we're doing. I love that metaphor. And uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. And last question comes from Wilbert R underscore. He asks, if ATL doesn't renew Hosetu's contract, what DP center mid would you want to replace him? And I'll help you out a little bit here uh, as you think of your answer, because uh, definitely, yeah, it's uh, an on-the-spot question. Because uh, as you can tell with, you know, most of the players that we brought in, Tristan Muyamba, uh, Shonda Silva, Saba Lapsenitze, even Yorgos Yakomakis is like, these players aren't on people's radars most of the time. But uh, somebody that I feel like, if he didn't renew his contract recently, uh, yeah, you know, the player that I'm speaking of at Real Madrid, uh, Luka Modric, he definitely is a player that's, he would. He's maybe not on the level of Lionel Messi, but he is a Ballon d'Or winner. And holy shit, would he just run this league, even at his age? Yeah. I think, yeah. It's like he's a player yeah. that... That would be... I would love to yeah. see him here. Yeah. Like, I, I, that's not our MO, but, you know, it's, uh, it's somebody that I think would be that DP center mid that, yeah, I think both of us would like to see. What do you think? Absolutely. Uh, th- th- I mean, that would be a wonderful shout to have him, a, a player of his caliber, um, his pedigree, and the fact that he just seems like such an amazing person. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like having that personality on a team, I feel, is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's a great tra- shout. I want to go with something similar to what you're saying. Um, you know, and, and I'm kind of thinking, you know, if we have some more roster, you know, um, less restrictions on the roster next year to play around a little bit. Um, maybe adding like in, like you're supposing an aging superstar of sorts. One that's always been something, you know, near and dear to my heart is the, the one and only Christian Erickson. Um, you know, he could play that part, that role a bit. Um, he is amazing an amazing player in all facets has done it all. I love the guy. He's in a wonderful human being. Um, I like watching Denmark play and when he's on there, it's amazing. Um, he's, you know, done well almost everywhere he's gone. I, I would, I would, and he's just, you know, in terms of like my wife's family and extended families, that, that would be like amazing to see him here, which I'd never see it happening, but it would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, there is a likelihood because uh, Manchester United, uh, they are kind of uh, in some 
dire straits at this current moment. Uh, I mean, not like alarm bells, but there are some, hmm, you know, definitely, definitely head scratching moments right now for their season. Uh, I'm, I am rolling in my sleep. I think, thinking that, uh, yeah, there are two former Spurs players that we are clamoring to come to LA United. It's uh, not exactly ideal, I would say, but uh, yes, they are good players, and so it's like, at the very least, that mitigates that, but I, I'm i not feeling fantastic about our choices now, all of a sudden, <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, it's for our on the spot, this is what we've come up with, so... But anyway, uh, so that is the mailbag and pretty much the entire show, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, who do you think has had the biggest impact so far from the new transfers that we had this summer? It's a pretty tough question, actually. And uh, I'm actually curious, Michael, what you think right now. Who has been the biggest impact? Uh, I have to answer this in two ways the first way is like the overall um impact on the team like the entirety of the team um i think that's tristan mayumba i think he's the metronome that makes this team tick um without him i don't think the things that we see in the attacking half of the team um happen as often or as nicely um so you know, I, I mean, you could say like, you know, Yorgos isn't exactly a new signing, but um, kind of is. But, you know, obviously we're referring to, you know, uh, Silva and Saba. And those players have lit it up. Absolutely. Um, but again, like I said, I don't think that they'll be able to do what they've been doing at the rate they've been doing, at the quality they've been doing, without someone like Tristan facilitating it. Um, the second part of the answer is if you just want to go with impact like psychological impact emotional impact on the fans it has to be silva guy is just electric it's amazing watching him play saba's like kind of right up there too but it, it, like silva is in the headlines after like every game people he's he's magnetic so that's what i, I would say you know and on a superficial level silva but on like a deep level, a, a holistic level, I think it's probably Tristan. Amazing answer, man. Yeah, uh, I think it's, you know, uh, I think to sum it up a little bit as well, uh, I I would agree that Muyamba, he has very simply connected our lines. And that was something that we were clamoring for. We were concerned about for a large part of the season. And yeah. I'm uh, I'm in full agreement, but I'm curious what you guys have to say as well. Let us know in the comments below what you guys think. But guys, and why, that and why is, is your it answer for us today. <laughs> Don't <laughs> influence Mayumba their, likes their to, answers. <laughs> Miyamba likes to bring everything to what I like to call together. You know what I mean? Love it, love it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Michael, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening.